Welcome to a snowy, slushy Wednesday, February 14th. I'm Anastasia Glova. This Valentine's Day episode of Cato Daily Podcast concerns the fuzzy and romantic topic of international security. The latest Cato policy analysis from Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies Ted Galen Carpenter was released today, entitled Escaping the Trap, Why the United States Must Leave Iraq. Add to that the escalating tensions with Iran in recent weeks and North Korea's tentative promise to close down its nuclear weapons program in exchange for energy aid. We'll cover all three issues in this Foreign Policy Overview podcast with Ted Carpenter. Your new policy analysis argues for rapid and comprehensive withdrawal from Iraq. Why? Because the U.S. mission in Iraq has clearly failed. We've tried this for almost four years. The security situation is not only bad, it is bad in getting steadily worse. At this point, over 120 Iraqis a day are dying of political violence. That's in a country of barely 26 million people. A comparable rate in the United States would be 1,400 to 1,500 people a day, or something close to half a million people a year. This is a civil war increasingly between Sunnis and Shiites, and it makes no sense for the United States to try to have its troops play referee in an incredibly complex, multi-sided civil war in Iraq. Isn't it premature to say that our mission has failed before we witness the results of the surge? The surge is a minor tactical adjustment. It is not a significant new strategy, and it certainly is not going to produce victory in Iraq. This is roughly akin to spraying antiseptic on a malignancy. It is not going to have any lasting or meaningful effect. Now, what about the escalating tensions with Iraq's eastern neighbor? Are we headed towards possible conflict with Iran? I'm certainly worried about the administration's increasingly confrontational mode with regard to Iran. Even in his Iraq speech back in January, President Bush had a section of that speech in which he announced the dispatch of a second aircraft carrier and some very hardline rhetoric toward Iran. We have now seen allegations that Iran is supplying weapons to the Shiite militias, which would not come as a great surprise. But that does not mean that Iran is primarily responsible for the violence in Iraq. Most of the violence directed against U.S. troops in Iraq comes from the Sunni insurgency, not from the Shiite militias. So even if Iran is guilty of this conduct, that is a relatively small component of the overall security problem in Iraq. The main thing, though, is the increasing tensions between Washington and Tehran. This is eerily reminiscent of the run-up to the Iraq war itself. And unfortunately, I would have to say at this point, the odds are about 50-50 that the United States will go to war against Iran before the end of the Bush administration. It has become that serious. How do we de-escalate to odds that are a little bit less frightening than 50-50? The United States, I think, would have to follow the advice of the Baker-Hamilton Commission, the so-called Iraq Study Group, to engage Iran. And I think it's in our best interest to do that. If we're going to leave Iraq and we need to do so soon, 
one thing we ought to try to do is to at least quarantine the violence in that country, not let Iraq's neighbors get involved in a Sunni-Shiite proxy war. To do that, we have to engage with Iran. And while we're doing that, it would be worthwhile to engage Iran with regard to the nuclear question, which is a major grievance of the United States. Speaking of nuclear questions, there's been much news about North Korea's nuclear deal, but is it much different from the 1994 agreed framework? The initial stage of the new agreement is not that much different from the 1994 agreement. Basically, North Korea has agreed to shut down the Yongbyon reactor and to allow international inspectors back into the country in exchange for energy aid from the United States and the other members of the six-party talks. Now, supposedly, beyond that, North Korea has committed to permanently disabling its nuclear program and getting out of the nuclear business in exchange for even more extensive aid and the prospect of normalized political, diplomatic, and economic relations with the United States. If that happens, then we may have found a way to peacefully resolve the crisis and keep North Korea non-nuclear, an important objective. But in this, I'm from Missouri. North Korea has violated every agreement it has ever signed on the nuclear issue. And in this case, we have to make sure that it honors its commitments before we can say that this crisis has been brought to an end. So you wouldn't say that the six-party talks have so far been a success? This latest agreement is a modest achievement for the six-party talks, but there are lots of details that still have to be nailed down. And again, uh, we have to worry about North Korea cheating at some point, even if the details are nailed down. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.